We want to welcome you all into the 19th episode of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Taranko here with Cole Purvis and Jeff Christianberry. Guys, how are you doing this morning? Great. All right. So we will start this episode off today. Unfortunately, there is no TA sports to talk about because we are in between the winter and spring sports season. But just want to let you know that girls and boys lacrosse and baseball and softball will be starting in around the second week of April. And we will have uh, a lot of TA TV games for lacrosse. We're hoping to get some baseball games if we can get Wi-Fi out in the field. It's kind of hard out there, but we're doing our best uh, for that. But for at the moment, all we got is to talk about professional sports. And we'll start off with the Boston Celtics who earlier this week were in first place. I think now they're tied for second, I think, with that loss to Toronto. But uh, they get some uh, unfortunate news. Robert Williams, their star uh, defensive center, is out with a meniscus tear for I don't know how long. I think he said several weeks. But want to get your guys' thoughts on the Celtics with that. And do you think they can hold on to first place with the, la- the last month or so of the season? I think it's been remarkable, obviously, the turnaround. I think they're like 24-5 and five since basically the beginning of the new year. And I certainly didn't see it coming. And it's it's impressive, no matter how much how cynical you want to be as a Celtics fan over the last few years and, and hearing all the green teamers talk about just wait until the guys grow up, just wait until the guys grow up. And, and this year they, they, it's kind of happened. So uh, I don't think they're going to hold on to number one in the East. I think at this point if – if Udoka is is smart, you know these, this is where you start time managing, you know yeah. your your players, and we, and you 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 don't want to try to you know mess around with the standings too much. But I mean, I would be nervous about going into a first round matchup with the Nets, who are probably going to come out of that play in tournament. So if you yeah. slide down to the three seed, it's maybe not the end of the world. Um, there are a lot of teams right around there. I mean, there's still what five six games to go. So. I think they, a lot could happen. They could still finish fourth, I mean, very easily, because you said there's like three teams tied for second. Mm. As far as the Robert Williams, I mean, it's it's pretty – it's a devastating injury. Um, but the thing is, this is – you have to – he's got, has to be a little expected. This guy is injury-prone. That's that's yeah. one of the negatives about him. Um, can he come back? They, they said it's probably best-case scenario for the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. So is it – I mean, Kendrick Perkins said basically the other day that, that they, he doesn't think they're a title team without Robert Williams. It's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not good. I mean, I think you know they had basically a scheduled loss there against Toronto in the second half of the back to back, and basically half the starting, most of the starting lineup is out. So, can they do it? Can they finish first in the East? They could, but I don't see it happening. I see them finishing third or fourth. Uh, and without Robert Williams, it's going to be depending on the matchup in the first round. If they match up against the Heat or something like that, it could be in trouble yeah. uh, without Robert Williams. Yeah, it's a significant loss, Robert Williams. He's a championship player. He's kind of that third option, especially defensively. He holds together one of the, the best defenses in the NBA with him and Marcus Smart. He's just one of the like elite rim protectors in the NBA with mm-hmm. his energy and everything. But like you said, he's been injury prone. He's had knee injuries since college, and that was the knock on him. Um, but I think the issue with this injury is that you could rush him back for the playoffs or you could wait till next year where he's a hundred percent. There's like, I'm hearing there's two different procedures that they could do. And, uh, with the Celtics having their one day on top of the Eastern conference, it was literally just one day. Their fans have skyrocketed their expectations and now think they're a real title contender and things like that. Um, so I think they might end up rushing him back, but I do think this significantly impacts their um, playoff you know, results. Uh, I think they're probably a second-round exit, and if mm-hmm. they get matched up with Brooklyn, I would be very scared of Kevin Durant and with how hot Kyrie Irving is playing. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out, but the Robert Williams injury is unfortunate. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think second round exit because you know that's probably going to be a team like Philadelphia or Milwaukee. And how do you how do you play against Giannis and Joel Embiid with your top defensive player? And I would say one of the exactly. top defensive players in the NBA. You know, not on the court. So, and and also, I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both uh, nursing some knee issues right now too. So. They're having, they're having some injury in, injury issues, probably at the worst time of the year because this is when you really got to win those games. But uh, we'll watch them through the last part of that regular season in the playoffs. But now we'll move over to the uh, NCAA Men's Division One March Madness Tournament, which we saw the St. Peter Peacock Cinderella run come to an end. I enjoyed watching it. I loved Doug Edert. Um they lose to North, uh, North Carolina, and I watched that game, and it was terrible. They didn't play very well. But everything else was great. They beat Purdue. They beat Kentucky. Uh, we'll start with Cole. Cole, what are your thoughts on the St. Peter, Peter's Cinderella run? Well, I just want to start by saying, last Trojan Talk episode, I told everybody that I had Kentucky and Iowa in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Which was we that remember. Was, that was a rough day. Yep. They both lost in the first round. Um, if you don't know what happened, St. Peter's won. But in the end, I'm honestly glad St. Peter's won because it was fun to – watch them uh, go all the way to the Elite Eight, and uh, that's why we love March, because a, a tiny school um, beat an elite program like Kentucky mm-hmm. and then Purdue, and they beat Murray State, who's good as well. They were like a seven seed, um, but it, it was super fun to watch. Uh, Doug, Doug Eddert got hot, and they have some other guys that really stepped up to be clutch against Kentucky and Purdue. It's just crazy how a team with multiple NBA players can lose to a small school like St. Peter's, but it was so fun to watch. Yeah. I can't believe it. I really can't because <laughs> yeah. it, it it I I almost believe the Kentucky upset a little bit and even Murray State a little bit because for those teams you're like, well, who is this team? Who's the St. Peter's team? Like you don't really get to see them on the big stage, but Purdue. I mean, Purdue had basically a whole week to prepare for oh, them. Yeah. Yep. And like you said is is a top team and has NBA ready players and they still lost. And it's not like St. Peter's went out and shot, you know, 80% from three-point land or something like that. They mm-hmm. just just beat beat, beat them like play by play. So it was pretty. It was incredible, and I don't. I don't know how it happens. You know, we we see though. I mean, we've seen these bigger upsets more recently. Um, when I was a kid, it was like once every ten, fifteen years would you see a fifteen seed win, and certainly not a sixteen seed. And then you've seen UMBC the other, um, the other you know a couple years ago, which I think still think was the bigger upset because yeah. Virginia was defending national champs and like they were unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in in general, the 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 final four predictions. I mean, I'm a Duke fan, so I, I can't believe they've gone this far because. I, mean, I haven't watched it much this year, but uh, I thought they were going to lose second round. You know that yeah. they, they were struggling there. Um, big wins over Texas Tech and um, and who the hell Arkansas. Beat? Arkansas. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to set up this dream matchup against North Carolina. I mean, I, I first looked at the bracket and, like at the beginning. I'm like, wow, that'd be really cool with them in the Final Four. But there's no way UNC is going to make it, let alone Duke. And then UNC makes this kind of magical run as well, which I hate because I hate UNC <laughs> as much as I'm going to enjoy the game Saturday. Because uh, obviously, you know, with Coach K ending his career, I mean, it's just magical that he could win that, win a national championship. But I can't believe it got to this point. So my final four, final four predictions, I think Duke beats North Carolina, and I think Kansas beats Villanova, and I think Kansas beats Duke in the final. I think Duke and UNC seem like the best teams left. The, just the way that they have been yeah. winning, it's, they, they both seem like special teams. Duke... Um, a tough win over Texas Tech. They had to fight to beat Michigan State as well in the second round. And then Arkansas was a good team as well. But then you look at North Carolina, and North Carolina literally only plays five guys. Maybe they'll go into their bench if somebody gets into foul trouble. You saw that against Baylor. But um, the impressive thing about UNC is I think they've had a slightly tougher schedule than Duke, although they did have to play a 15 seed in the Elite Eight. They beat 
Uh, first, they beat the defending national champs in Baylor in what was a crazy game. I watched that game. That was awesome. Um, but then UCLA. UCLA was a team that I was big on. I thought they were probably going to go to the Final Four, um, a team that was in the Final Four last year, and they have a ton of veterans, so it's just crazy how UNC was able to get over that hump. But I think if Duke can get get them into foul trouble, make them go to their bench, uh, Duke should be able to pull this one out. But I just want to enjoy this game because it's so crazy that these two are meeting. And don't sleep on the other game either. The other game is really good. You get a one versus mm-hmm. a two. I did pick Villanova to go to the final four. That was my one correct prediction, so at least I got one. Um, I agree with you. Kansas and Duke, I think Kansas looked really good. Uh, they really turned it on in the second half versus Miami, but should be exciting to see. It almost seems too good to be true, though, for Coach K to go out with a championship in his yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, see, I think, I think that UNC is going to beat Duke, and I think that one of the things people should know is that they – are more they are, they were worthy of a higher than eight seed. I don't. They have a really good team. They wasn't a very good regular season, but they have some of the best guards in in uh, in Division One basketball. And so I think uh, UNC Villanova for which is you know back to a couple of years ago when they yeah. when uh, they had games the uh, championship back to back. So I think it'll be a good one. But uh, I think I have Villanova for um, the win this year. But it, again, it's gonna be fun to watch. No, there's no brackets left. So you know, <laughs> no. it's just, it's you're just watching now, um, which is uh, a little different, but. Um, we'll now move to some soccer topics. Uh, recently, Canada, in the last week or so, uh, went out and beat Jamaica 4-0 to and clinched the World Cup, uh, a spot in the World Cup, which is they has, haven't happened in a long time. I'm not sure when the last time Canada was in. But now we look over the United States, who's been struggling to make the World Cup. But they're in a pretty good spot here. Uh, they have to beat Costa Rica or lose by less than six goals to make it in. Uh, that game is tonight. Uh, so we just want to talk, get your thoughts on the United States. T- think about the World Cup, and and uh, you know, again, we have some other topics. Italy, law. Italy's not going to make it for the second year in a row. So some ta- just some thoughts on, on the World Cup. So yeah, I'm a big soccer guy. So obviously, the U.S. United States you know fails to make the World Cup last time in Russia, which was just devastating and, and inexcusable. And this mm-hmm. time, uh, they're 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 in. I mean, basically they're in. There's no way they're going to lose by six goals to to right. Costa Rica. They, they could. I mean, it's possible. It'd be one of the million shot. Yeah. Um, not as crazy as North Macedonia beating Italy and knocking them out of the World Cup last yeah. week as well, but. Uh, for the U.S., I mean, look, it's job done. I mean, they, they needed to get in um, with this kind of group of players. They still have a younger group in general. And, you know, got Kristen Pulisic and, and Gio Reyna, guys like that. Um, you know, Winston McKenney as well. They're all playing over in Europe now. They're all playing at the top levels, playing in the Champions League and everything. Uh, so it's they needed to get through, and they did. I mean, they haven't had a lot of uh, – they have had some kind of not-so-great results, but they got it done when they needed to. Uh, the game the other night was fun to watch against Panama, who just kind of melted in the first half, and we scored four goals. Mm. Uh, and, again, the game against Costa Rica, I'm glad it's not really worth that much because we've never won in Costa Rica in qualifying. Yeah. Um, and good for Canada, like you said before. I mean, I mean, they, it's been a long, long time. Here's what's interesting: is 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 the way that the world soccer is going right now. It's I hope people, fans, have really enjoyed this kind of cycle because this is not going to happen much anymore. So mm-hmm. you think next World Cup is to be hosted by the United States and Mexico and Canada? So all three of those teams are going to get automatic qualification to the World Cup, so we don't have to qualify. So basically, after the World Cup, we have no significant games for four years. Yeah. After that, the World Cup is is absurdly expanding to forty. I think forty eight teams from thirty two. Oh my goodness! So because they want more countries in it, so it's more yeah. money and all that. So basically, the the qualifying for a team like the United States and Mexico is going to be a joke because they're going to let in another. There are probably two or three teams from CONCACAF, and yep. the chance of the United States or Mexico being the sixth and seventh best team in qualifying is just not realistic. So it's unfortunate because the World Cup, I think, is going to change over the next 10 mm-hmm. to 15 years where it's not. And now the FIFA president wants a World Cup every two years. 
because they want to make more money and they say it's for you know the lower the lower countries but i think it's terrible so i think kind of not to go off on a whole side note here but if you're um, you know the TV partners for one thing that host mm-hmm. that, that that do these games, not the World Cup games, with qualifying. Or if you're over here in this part of the world, Concacaf, um, which is basically North America and Central America, um, you need to figure some kind of tournament. So the you know the Europeans have the Euros, which every yeah. every four years the opposite even year of the of the World Cup, huge tournament, worldwide audience. Yeah. We don't have anything like that. We have the Gold Cup over here, which is kind of a joke. I mean, whatever. Um, but over here, what we really need to do is combine with South America to make some kind of like America's tournament, which we've done once in a while. But like, so we can play Brazil, Argentina, you know, Uruguay, teams yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Have that on every other, you know, the off year of the World Cup as well. Because if not, you're not going to have many significant games for these guys uh, to prepare for the World Cup. And it's going to cheapen it. So anyway, long story short, great for the U.S. to, to qualify. You know, I wish it wasn't in Qatar because I was looking to go and I was looking at flights. The flights are like five grand is it Qatar like one of the smallest countries in the world oh yeah it only has like 300,000 people or something yeah. they have to build the entire infrastructure for this and like hundreds of I don't know the exact number maybe in the thousands of people have died building this thing because they brought in slave labor from other countries yeah and I don't crazy. use that term like as a facetious term it's like literally slaves they they come to Qatar they take their passport and they wouldn't be able to leave until they finish the job so the whole thing's so dirty this Qatar should not have ever got this tournament anyway and people have been fired and gone to jail for this but it's happening. I will. The only interesting thing about the World Cup this year, the most interesting thing, is that it's happening in November. Yep. So it's going to be going up against you know some some other um, big sports though because of the time change. There shouldn't be too much overlap with football when they happen on Sundays. But good maybe, for the U.S. baseball though because with the good. with the with the end with the sorry the <coughs> delay in the beginning then the World Series might or, be in yeah. uh, November. But yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, it's probably going to be the the big, best year to watch the World Cup. It's probably this this year because after it's going to be a little bit more like you know. Uh, Everyone gets in. Let's all have fun and play, and no one really likes that. But yeah. we'll move quickly to talk about the Boston Bruins. Last night, lost to the Maple Leafs 6-4. to four. Not a really good game for the Bruins. They were fighting their way back in the division, struggling to, uh, to, to stay in there. But it's a big loss for them. They have about 15 games left. Uh, in the season, they play Tampa Bay and Toronto one more time. So hopefully they can they can get up there. But uh, the NHL playoffs will be really tight this year. The Eastern Conference has some really good teams. So watch the Bruins uh, play in the playoffs soon. It ends at uh, the beginning, end of April, I believe. We'll quickly talk about uh, two main basketball players who have... Three. Three. Oh, excuse me. That's right, because it's the Flag Brothers. Uh, three players who in the last... Well, I think that was yesterday for the Flag Brothers, yeah. but then about a week ago, J.P. Estrella all committing to uh, different prep schools. J.P. Estrella going to Brewster Academy in New Hampshire, and Cooper and Ace Flag going to Mount... Is it Verde? Mount Verde. Mount Verde in... Florida. Uh, Florida. I know Brewster well. I know they've produced some NBA players like Donovan Mitchell, Will Barton, some pretty good players in, in the last uh, five or ten years. I'm not really sure about Mount Verde, but uh, the Flag both freshmen, so they'll they'll get some time there. Yeah. Uh, some some pretty big. That's it's pretty big. That hasn't happened in a long time um, for TA athletes. And just want to get you guys' thought, or excuse me, on uh, main athletes. You know, get your thoughts on on that that move for them and what that changes for Class A and Class AA basketball next year. I mean, it's one of those things. It was expected. We've talked about it for a while yeah. that it's probably going to happen. It's just still like. It, it, there's some Twitter controversy last night, too, because uh, someone from the Bangor Daily News predicted that one of these three are going to come back to Maine at some point, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's thinking one of the flag twins, maybe Ace. I mean, it's basically about Ace Flag because he doesn't have as much hype as his brother. Yep. <clears throat> I think it's, I mean, again, it, it, great for them. It's just disappointing because you, you wanted to see, yeah. especially the Flag Brothers, you want to see these guys. You want to see these guys play their whole careers and completely understand why they'd want to go. I mean, mm-hmm. I would, too. Don't blame them at all. Um, 
uh, I was just looking up quickly online. So Montverde, I mean, they have some ridiculous pedigree. Just in the last couple ten years, R.J. Barrett, Luke uh, Bamute, D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell, and Ben Simmons all went to this academy. Yeah. So this is like like Oak Hill Academy. People know Oak yeah, Hill, yeah. just like that kind of place. So I mean, the fact that they both got in there was pretty fantastic. So um, the, again, how does it uh, how does it help them? It helps them immensely. You know, the problem is going to be you know will they. Uh, they're still a long way away, you know. If they yeah. want to go to the NBA or want to go to top end college, they're still three years away from that. Um, it's going to be tougher for me and people to follow uh, the Flag Twins, especially because they're they'll be down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, but we may be able to see them on TV once in a while because those ki- these, those teams play on ESPN. As far as what how it hurts basketball, I mean, it definitely hurts basketball in Maine. I mean, you, you've seen a ton of. Uh, media people and other little companies that have kind of popped up and been able to cover these three players this year, yeah. uh, really, really too, because Ace Flag is good, but you know, Cooper and JP were in a class of their own, cover these guys, go to their games, huge crowds, and now that's all gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's going to happen? Do we have an, any more superstars coming through the ranks, or is Maine basketball going to slide back into what it's been the last you know five or six years since we've had another legit D1 player? Um, whereas you know it's entertaining for us here in the state, but you're not getting people traveling from out of state to come and see these games. Mm-hmm. So, you know it's 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 expected but disappointing. I would like to see them play a little bit more. Um, but good for those guys looking for their uh, you know top top tier Division One uh, offers and and uh, hopefully you just enjoyed when we had them here. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think whether or not you like South Portland or Nokomis or anything, you should be happy that these guys they put Maine on the map for basketball this year. Uh, so much out of state coverage. When JP and Cooper played against each other in the preseason, that game got so much media attention, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really blown up on you know social media and stuff like that um, for these guys. So I'm happy for them that they can go to uh, big schools and get some big opportunities. Uh, of course, like you said, a lot of great players went to Montverde Academy, including Cade Cunningham, the last the first pick in the draft last year. Um, so. Good luck to them, and I think Maine basketball uh, will be fine. Maybe it's not as much out of state attention, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot more competitive now because South Portland uh, they lose their best player, and that's an opportunity for schools like TA and uh, Bonnie Eagle, Gorham, Gorham, mm-hmm. yeah. So should be interesting. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's great for them. I think, as you said, I think we knew this was coming. I think yeah. we knew next year at least a f- a one of them or two of them were going to leave. You know, the one thing that I. Um, I, I feel bad. I feel I feel bad for the, the flag brothers. Like I wouldn't want to go to the same school as my brother and have to like <laughs> compete for you know that I would have you know if I was Ace or Cooper I'd be like oh I'll go to this school instead we can you know have our own thing but hey you know I think it's cool they get to be together down there so that'll be fun yeah and uh, we'll talk now about I got a question for both of you guys which um, is something I've been thinking about uh, all morning but what sports moment of all time any sport would you do you wish you could have been in the stands for so this could be any any sport. 2019, the Masters when Tiger wins. I would mm. say that one. I'm a big golf fan. I yep. know a lot of kids don't love golf, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of Tiger, he hasn't ruled out playing in the Masters this year, which would be crazy. I mean, he almost, you know, like lost a limb last year in a car crash, and he's been pre- he practiced at Augusta the other day. I heard. Um, and so if he played this year, that would be crazy. Just for him to play, uh, I don't expect him to contend, but if he did, that would be even more awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I really wish I could could have been there in 2019. That That's probably one of the most memorable sports moments of the last 10 years. Um, but there's a lot of good ones that I could have chosen. So I have I have two. Okay. First one, actually, is a Tiger one, but it was not. It was the 2015 Masters. I think it was 2015 when he hit the best sh- golf shot of all time. He was on 16 mm-hmm. where he hit it off into the rough and basically shot the ball directly opposite onto the green or chipped it onto the green 
and it rolled down, rolled down, rolled down, and then it sat on the lip for like four seconds and then rolled in. Yep. Um, I'm, yeah. Every time I watch that clip, I just get goosebumps because I remember watching it on TV, and I literally and I wasn't the huge, biggest Tiger fan yeah. as he was because he was still dominating at that point. I just jumped off my couch and just lost my mind. So <laughs> that would have been so cool to be there for that. But number one is going to be something that's going to be totally obscure, but it's you know more of a near and dear to my heart was in 2009 when Boston University won the national championship in hockey. Two years after I graduated, we were down two. To, we were down two to one. No, no, we're down two goals, three to one, in the last minute of the national championship game. Game is over, no chance. We scored two goals in the last minute against Miami of Ohio, and then we win in overtime. And uh, you know, I just I was sitting at home by myself, and I just like I, I've never cheered, screamed as loud in my life as when we <laughs> when we tied the game with like twenty seconds ago. And just what I would have loved to have been there with my friends. So it was in D.C., and we we thought about going because you know BU was pretty good at hockey when I was around. Uh, but we never made it to the Frozen Four, and the te- that team was loaded. And I just we're, we were thinking, should we go? I don't know. It's expensive, and we were just out of college, and we didn't have any money. Yeah. So we decided not to go. And, and man, if we could have gone that, I would. We would have loved to have been there because I did have a couple other people I went to school with who went and said it was like the best moment ever. Because when you when you pour your heart and soul into a team like that, and they're your your school, they could win a national title. I think that would have been really cool to be at. Yeah. My, I got two as well. I'll start with uh, the Bruins games, 2013 Game 7 quarterfinals versus Maple Leafs. We were down 4-1 to one with about nine minutes to go in the third, scored three, then the overtime winner. Um, that's awesome. I think also the Game 7, I don't know which year it was, with the Cavaliers and the Warriors when LeBron had the block on Ingridala. Yeah. I just feel like that's just one of those things, like, you, you see it, it's just like it's memorable. Like something you're always going to remember for the rest of your life. And uh, that was the, I think it was the year the Cleveland, the Cavs were down 3 1. The series yeah, and came back. Game back so, one. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the, it's, it's some great moments. There's a lot. I mean, there's there's been so many, especially in the last few years. Um, but yeah, it, there's, there's a lot of things I wish I could have been at. But again, tickets for that are, are insane. Insanely <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. 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 So we'll finish off today's episode with a new segment I like to call Pick the Winner. Um, it's a, an idea I've, got, I've picked up from a few broadcasts. So over each episode for the next, or I don't know how, the rest of the school year, we can do it as long as we want, I will ask us uh, to pick the winners of three to five different games from the NBA, NHL, different sporting uh different leagues and we'll I'll keep a record of who you know how many we get right how many get wrong and then maybe we'll have a winner and a loser and some kind of punishment or something right. so start with Cole's bracket oh never <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start off uh, with the game tonight which I mean obviously I think most of us will pick the winner here but I think it's a pretty big game the Heat are playing at the Celtics tonight and we'll start with Cole Cole your pick for the game give me the Heat okay Jeff I'll go, I'll go the Heat as well yeah, I'll, I think I'm gonna go to, with the Heat as well so just write that in here. But the Do net- Celtics have Tatum back. It, who's playing? See, I I don't know. So, De- so not Robert Williams, but then you've got. Um, I think everyone's supposed to be back tonight. I think so. Okay. I think that I mean they call it like right knee uh, tendopathy yeah. or something. It's it's just like where your your knee well, hurts. Well, here's the other thing too to think about is and I, I don't I'm doing much research on this, but like when you saw Al Horford out for personal reasons, the fact is a lot of these guys don't play in Toronto games because they're not vaccinated and yep. they can't go, and they, it's embarrassing for them to say I'm not vaccinated, so they just say they have injuries or whatever else. So I'm not saying that's the case 100, percent but. That's a possibility. You know what? Give me the Celtics. Okay, so Cole, Cole switched it up. He's going for the Celtics. All right. Bam is gonna bang the boards tonight. With, well, see, but, but the Heat recently have been struggling. Like they were up by like 19 <clears throat> points, and then they're yeah. having some bench issues. Oh, I saw that. It was crazy. That video yeah. was nuts. Oh. Jimmy Butler's out of his mind, but he's a fantastic player. Well, I mean, you're going to have to get Udonis Salem, who's been asleep for like 25 years. Haslam is he's a he's a beast though. He's an old guy. He can't <laughs> yeah, fight an old he's guy. He's a player, though. That, I don't know. 
But okay, so next game we'll go to the NHL, which is you know, you know, it's a little obscure, but the Kings, the LA Kings, at the Edmonton Oilers, both teams fighting for the second place spot in the Pacific Division. Both teams have been on kind of a hot streak recently. You guys got got a pick for that game? I could name one player on either of those teams, <laughs> Connor McDavid. So I'm gonna go with Connor McDavid and the okay. Oilers. Not, right. not, you know, mark me down. Me too. Why not? <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the Kings because I just want to be. I want to go a little different. Joe Thornton still in the Kings? You ever play in the Kings or San Jose? He played in San he Jose. He played in San Jose. He's now in Florida. Oh, and he's okay. got the biggest beard you've ever seen. Yeah. All right. So well, now the next game is going to be uh, tomorrow, which is the Milwaukee Bucks at the Brooklyn Nets, which is a primetime game. Um, give me the Nets. Okay, cool. With the Nets, Jeff. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Okay, I'm going to go with the Bucks as well because I just feel like I don't. I, I know that now Kyrie can play at home because yep. they they mm-hmm. they dropped the shockingly but right no, right as the playoffs roll, roll around right. and the Yankee season starts to change the rules. But no, um, still no Simmons, which I'm not sure when he's coming back, and I just feel like they're not complete yet. And then, and they still have the issue with is Blake Griffin even? They don't know if he, don't he's know. sitting on the bench. Sometimes he's playing. And the last game for for this uh, for this week is on Friday: the Phoenix Suns at the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I'm gonna go with Suns. So Jaws still out, correct? I have no idea for that game. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take the Suns. Suns are Suns are winning the championship. Ooh, I'm gonna go with Grizzlies because they're at home. I've, I've I've learned throughout my years that sometimes you just don't bet against teams that are at home because they can use that to their win. So that will do it for uh, the pick the winner. But that's also gonna do it for the episode here. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week for the 20th episodes. It's been a long ride. Uh, we're, we're getting we're, there. We're getting there. We'll have a we'll have at least one interview next week with uh, a player. We'll start doing some season previews mm-hmm. on uh, on our spring sports because uh, it's time. It's really yeah. cold out there this week for those kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's gonna warm up here and cold. Give us some tennis updates, some copious <laughs> tennis updates as we go through the season. All right. Well, that'll do it. And thank you all for watching this episode.